This podcast is brought to you by Continuum, proud sponsors of Wessex Wanderers. Hello there listeners and welcome to episode two of series four of the Wessex Wanderers podcast. Got it wrong last week when I called it series three, so I do apologise. This week's episode, we are talking to the brand new Colts manager, Mr. John Carpenter. How are you, sir? I'm good, thanks, Ron. How are you? Oh, living the dream. How was your holiday? All good? Yeah, lovely, mate. Nice weather, nice food, nice beers. Glad, glad to be back, yeah? Yeah, lovely. Yeah, as always. I'm also joined, who's going to be sat involved in the conversation, is uh, first team manager Trachi as well. Hello, Trachi, are you there? No, he appears he's, he's dropped off a minute. Um, right, well, in that case, then, we'll, we'll crack straight on with it. Um, John, new Colts team manager, uh, we've uh, just got a few questions for you and, and, uh, and your your life as it is. Um, so we're going to start off just telling us a little bit about yourself, John. Tell us uh, you know, where you're from, how you've ended up in Bristol. What's the crack? Okay, so name's John Carpenter, 32. Um, obviously moved to Bristol about two years ago, after meeting my lovely girlfriend, Naomi. Uh, moved up oh, from the street to Somerset. I got business in Bristol, construction company called 2J's Interiors. Um, it's mainly carpentry, which isn't nothing to do with my surname, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, little, little yeah, in fact, John Carpenter, carpenter is, is right. a carpenter. That's he, right. He, 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 um so yeah, uh yeah, construction company. Um don't know what else really. Got a dog called Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> well what what was it that brought you up to, to Bristol then? It was just just your uh, your partner Naomi, was it? Yeah, I met Naomi um on Tinder as you do nowadays. And uh yeah. Moved up to here, better, better for my business. Just a all round better place, isn't it? Than a uh, little village in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I'm not sure. It's street. Is that where you've got the Clark's Village, isn't it? That's it's right. A nice yeah. place down there. Get, get down there for some nice shoes. <laughs> yeah, get your best uh, Clark's shoes on. So, most most important question then: Who was it who uh, swiped first on Tinder? You or her? Oh, I think it might. I think. She must have super liked me, I reckon. <laughs> You've got to do, <laughs> haven't you? That's the only possible explanation. Oh, so where, whereabouts in Bristol are you, uh, you based now then? You, are you local to the club at all? Yeah, just around the corner. It's down in uh, South Mead. Um, nice new new build. And uh, yeah, not too far I, away from the club. I bet you uh, you love, love the carpentry in that new build, I bet, didn't you? Um, I wouldn't say love it, but I've I've definitely be, seen a lot worse on site, <laughs> and that's not cool. just my work. <laughs> well, you know, if if you're there putting it in, and that's what you're seeing. That's it's not a very good advert for the business, is it? You're right. You're right. Uh, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, we'll move on to your your football history then. So tell us a little bit about. Sort of where you got involved in football, how you got involved, 
obviously coming up to Bristol and, and getting involved in Wessex, we're assuming isn't your first football club. So uh, give us a, a, a bit of your history. Um, yeah, so just always played from when I was youngster. Started when I was about four or five, I think. Um, obviously, my mum got me into it. My dad didn't really like football, still doesn't. My mum does. She loves it. She goes and watches Yeovil Town every week. That's, 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 in, that's interesting, that, isn't it? Having, having a mum getting you into football rather than your dad. Yeah, I know. It's a bit strange. Not the normal, but yeah. Um, yeah, so obviously when I was young, always played for the local youth setup, Street. Um, I think it was Street and Glastonbury at the time. But um, yeah, and then got selected for the Millfield Elite Academy, which is like the local, it's like a big private school. They go around selecting talents and all that. Very Um, nice. Name drop, Tony Adams' boy was in the same team. Tony Adams' boy, not not Tony Adams. Not Tony Adams, he used to come along and help out. Um, his boy was nothing on his dad, to tell you that. When you say name drop, what, what was the name of Tony Adams' son? Because Tony Adams' son isn't really that much of a name drop, is it? No, not really. But Tony <laughs> Adams coming along, out coach me, wasn't too bad. Um, and then, yeah, always just carried on with Street until under-18s in the Floodlight League and then reserves at like the County League sort of moved on then to um, another local team called Victoria Sports where all my mates were playing. That was mid-Somerset League and just carried on with them, most of my adult life really, until I moved to Bristol. So what um, what sort of position did you play growing up then? Um, obviously, you know, like you said, being selected for the, the local sort of academy type thing, you must have been standing out, you know, doing what you were doing. Was it was you one of these kind of all-round players that play a bit of everywhere or, or did was you a bit of a specialist? I was I was centre midfielder when I was younger. Um so always played centre midfield. And then I sort of moved out to the right in like a wing back sort of role when that that new formation come along, that three five two, or whatever oh, right. it is, it all right. moved on, didn't it? Um yeah. and then yeah, moved moved back into a centre midfield role as I got a bit older and couldn't run as, as much. As the legs started going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's that tends to be the way you've done it. You you start off flashy and then you just kind of slowly, slowly slow down a bit. Yeah, that's right. And now they're well and truly gone. <laughs> what sort of midfielder would you put yourself as? Were you, you know, were you a number six or a battling midfielder, or did you like to get forward, get in get in the mix with the goals? Whereabouts would you put yourself in, in that in that starting eleven? Yeah, it's probably more of a CDM role, to be honest. Like you said, six. Um, more of a ball player than a attacking, attacking player. Right. That, that raises an interesting question, actually. I, th- I believe it was Trutchy who used to ask it, is what would be your preference? An absolutely steaming 50-50 challenge, no old barred steaming in for the ball, or a, a nice crisp 25-30 yard strike? What would be your uh, your forte? Do you reckon? I do love a tackle. I did love a tackle back then. Um, scoring wise, once in a blue moon, so that's always nice. But 
<laughs> so you're, yeah, you're more tackle, of a, a nice big challenge then. A lot more big tackles and goals, I'll tell you that, yeah. <laughs> so is, is that where you kind of ended ended your playing career, sort of down, down in the street, or did you carry on playing up into Bristol? Um, I played, I, I think I played about six months last season in Bristol. Um, just a uh, district side, Bristol United. Didn't didn't really work out the way I wanted it. So, yeah, that sort of brought me along to where we are now in Wessex. So, so, so I've obviously been there. I've been there a number of times, to be honest. But when you get into that point where you know you're, you're finishing up playing and you want to go into to management, how how did that? When did that transition start for you? Were were you thinking about coaching and managing? While you were still playing, did you get any coaching and managing done, or, or have you just kind of gone from player straight into to a manager role? So I did manage one season back in street for for Victoria Sports just before COVID. Um, the manager at the time had left, and the team sort of uh, was struggling to find someone. So I I stepped up and took it on for a year, and then obviously COVID come along, everything got shut down. And then when football come back, I thought I'll give it another go to play. So we've got a new manager in at the team. And I just sort of player coach, really. More player. Um, so I have done it before, but not not like a massive amount. No, cool. So I suppose you're still kind of finding your feet then as a as a manager, if 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 you like. What sort of you know management style do you do you, do you like to think you bring, not just to Wessex but as as a person as a bloke, what is your style? What are you looking for? What are you looking for in a player? You, and and as your, as your kind of your playing career as a, a a ball winning hard tackling midfielder, kind of molded you into the, a, a strict kind of manager in that sense, or are you more, attacking free flowing football. Um. I like to play it out from the back, um, not not rush things, but I mean attacking wise, I I like to play free up front if poss- if possible, um, fast pace down the wings, and yeah, quite 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 attack uh, counter attacking style really. Yeah, I, I must admit, I have having watched the Colts a few times this season, I have you you, you notice that you you do like. You know those 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 short goal kicks and playing out from the back, and I think at times I I've seen seen you boys play some really good football. Yeah, I mean mistakes are going to happen at our level, obviously, but you got to just keep trying and still it into the lads that they are good enough to do that. And I mean, with the quality at the whole club, it's I think probably the best way of us uh, playing to be fair there's there's a lot of good good talent in Wessex at the moment yeah definitely and I think that like obviously we're, we're talking mainly about the Colts but I think that kind of goes we, we've got a nice kind of spine of players through all the club and I think you know it's, it's difficult sometimes isn't it when, when you're a, a Colts manager a third team manager whatever you want to call it because we all know, and we've been there as, as as a club of Wessex. We've been there where we know that the the Colts managers just ending up with 
the, the last available 11 players. That's not something you've had to deal with yet this season. You've had the pick of the bunch, really, with the reserves not having many games and us getting so many good players in this season. You've had a real run at some really good players so far. Yeah, like like I said, there's talent from the top but in the first teams with Trachi all the way down through uh, Hoops, obviously, got a great reserve team this year. They'll be pushing high up. And, uh, I mean, the Colts, we've got under-18s players that come in already. And, I mean, they're stamping their foot onto adults football within the first couple of months. So that's that's a good sign. That's something that I am really looking at um, pushing on is the youths youths coming up through. So definitely, and looking at the squad you've got available for for this week, obviously the game against AC Moose will have been been played by the time this this podcast is released. But you've got a young James Wickham back from injury, so that's a that that's a good sign. Yeah, hundred percent. He's um another young lad that's just started men's football. Um, I mean, he's come in like a grown man. I've I've started him at the start of the season as captain, um, which is a great achievement for him. I don't think he expected it, but I mean, he stood out a mile compared yeah, to. Yeah, I got. Uh, I got to admit. So I I refereed your, your first game, didn't I, against Bristol Wanderers? And yeah, I I didn't at that point. I don't think I I'd, I'd met James, but I knew he was one of the young lads. And I think did he he come on at half time, didn't he? Or you gave him the armband at half time. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I do, I do remember that. thinking, like you know, he's he's a young lad. That's a big responsibility, but I I think that was a brilliant choice, mate. I think he was fantastic. Yeah, um, like I said, he, I don't think he expected it at halftime that day. I think our captain, I can't remember who the captain was on that day, but he got injured, and uh, yeah, James stood out, stepped up, took it on, and uh, yeah, done a brilliant job. And then he was captain for a few more games, and unfortunately he got injured um, himself. So, yeah, he's back. Physio's told him he's allowed to play half an hour. So hopefully we'll try and get him on in the second half at the weekend and get him back to full fitness. Brilliant. So I mean, that's 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 really good news. I mean, and just to, just to pick up a little bit more on 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 that with with the youngsters, like you mentioned. You know, one of one of the things that, and you know, you've you've got to give credit to Tom. He's he set up the um, the youth structure absolutely brilliantly. I think, and that under eighteen team. You know, again, I refereed refereed the game just gone against Bitten. You know, unfortunately, bit of a bad result. But you know, you look at the likes of Dre and Dom. You know, they were in and around that Colts team last season. But it it, it seems to be, and whether this is kind of a, a combination of that more intensive under 18s coaching sort of combined with the way you've been playing and, and what you've been instilling into them. I think Dre looked fantastic on Saturday. I think he got he got man of the match. Um and Dom came on a little bit later in the game, but equally they they just looked like different players to, to last season. Is that something that you, you know, are making a, a point of is 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 trying to bring through these young players and and, and kind of focusing on them or is it is it just a case of you've ended up with a load of good young players. No, I mean credit Tommy's obviously done a good job with them and the youth set up. Um, I went at the early stages when I first joined the club. I went to watch a couple of training sessions. Um, 
and yeah, a brilliant job in coaching them. So credit to him. Uh, I mean, J- Dre, he's turned into a, a, even in the last couple of months, he's changed. He's he, he's looked like going from a boy to a man, and that's not just his football. That's his size. Um, he's taken responsibility on the pitch. Um, yeah, so he's been brilliant. As you said, man of the match at the weekend. Didn't stop the whole game. Um, running around, chasing every single ball. Giving it easy and uh, keeping the ball moving. And same with uh, Dom, really. He's, he's uh, done really well. Played out on the wing. He's got bags of pace and always tries to beat his man. Which, I mean, at that young age, I just want players to enjoy it. And it's just a progress into the men's men's football. And they've all taken it really, really well at the moment, them three players. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think, you know, if you look at the other end of the spectrum, you're also, as the Colts manager, you're dealing with a lot of the older players in the club. So you've got, you know, Yemi, who's 35, just come back from a serious knee injury. Alex has been at the club since day dot, it feels like. Caleb, who's been around for, for a couple of seasons now, and he's one of, you know, an old head, good leader. So having that kind of blend of experience in youngsters, is that something that you're kind of working to, to, to continue, or is it more a case of, you know, this is what we've got, we've got to work with it? No, I mean, there's plenty of options. Um, we've had to, unfortunately, turn away a couple of players for the weekend, which, I mean, it's, it's not nice. It's hard for me to decide who's getting a game and whatever, but that's part of football. And uh, I'd rather have that than having to like, chase players to be involved in, you know, struggling yeah, I mean, for numbers. So. There, there is options. We've got plenty of options. So we we just go with what I think's best at the time, giving everyone minutes and, uh, yeah, just keeping everyone happy and enjoying their football, really. I mean, that's madness, isn't it? You know, like I said, we've got three teams going out this week for the, for the second week in a row. And, you know, we're having to to tell players that, unfortunately, we've we've got no, no space for them. That's, that's an incredible... It's, it's like you said, it's, it's a terrible thing to have to tell somebody. But for, for you as a manager, especially as a, as a Colts manager, it, it's a kind of a good headache to have, like you said, rather than picking around for for odds and sods just to put a teammate. Yeah, 100%. And I, I think that's credit to the club, really, with how it's ran. Um, it's obviously players are looking at our club and wanting to be involved, um, which is good news. Bad news for the managers in terms of uh, having a pick and, like you said, having a headache. But for the club, couldn't be in a better place, I don't think. Yeah, definitely. I fully agree. And, I, and again, I think it's, it's a credit to all of the managers that we've we've ended up with, you know, some fantastic players at the club this season. And hopefully, you know, as as the season goes on, we'll uh, we'll continue to see the results of that. So, you know, talking of the club, we'll yeah. move on a little bit now. Um Obviously, you've you've ended up at Wessex. Uh, there was a an opening became available at the club then, and we kind of advertised for 
for a new manager quite early on pre-season. Um, didn't really get anything. And then, what was it, a week, two weeks before before the season started, your name popped up. And uh, and there we go. So what was it that brought you to Wessex? Was it, did, did you hear off somebody? Did you see it on the socials? What, what was it that, that brought you here? Yeah, so I always follow local teams wherever I am. Um, so yeah, I followed Wessex come up on the socials and uh, started following them. And like, like you said, the uh, advertisement come up on the page. I thought, why not put my name forward? And uh, went in to watch a couple of preseason games. I think I watched a first team game or two first team games in a reserve game. And as you said, it was quite late in the year. So once uh, late in the year, late in preseason, sorry, once uh, I actually managed to get through all the meetings and whatever, my preseason was pretty much done. I think I only have one <laughs> preseason game. Yeah, we we do love a meeting. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I can I can remember. Obviously, I think it was it was Tom that initially said he kind of met you for a brief chat and that you were you know going for um a full interview sort of thing. And uh, obviously, I, I think it was it was down at training one night. I turned up for training. You were sat there in the uh, in the room or in in the hallway with Gaffer and and Jake and Lynn. What were your initial thoughts of you know? It was all we call it an interview. It wasn't really. It was just a chat to get to know you and talk about football ideas and stuff. What were your initial thoughts? You know, once you spoke to Lynn and Gaffer and Jake, was it a case of going, I like the sound of this, let's get in the mix? Or or, you know, had that decision already been made? Yeah, so I think before I even had that meeting with Lynn and Gaffer, I'd already met uh, quite a few of the players where I'd been down to watch a couple of games. And I thought then this just seems like a great bunch of people, really. Great lads and uh, well-ran, good footballing uh, qualities. I liked the look of Lockley's. Never been there before, but the setup's brilliant there. And, yeah, and when I met the others, yourself and uh, Lynn Gafford, it's like a big family, really. And, yeah, it could couldn't fault any of it. Yeah, and, and like like all good families, we, we have our disagreements, but all in all, we are a good bunch. I, I do think we work quite well together and I think you've you've slotted in perfectly to that. How, how have you felt kind of obviously the, the way we do things, if you like, behind the scenes is there's a lot of talking, a lot of back and forwards, one or two disagreements. Um, but how have you found it kind of, because, you know, it, it can get quite intense, you know, when, when everything's going on and, and I'm just talking about the, the staff chat here. You know, there's a lot of back and forth, a lot of chatting. How do you find yourself kind of getting involved in that and, and integrating yourself? Like I said, I, I think you've done a, a brilliant job and kind of seamlessly got involved. How has it been for you? Has it been easy, difficult? You know, is there anything you, 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 you know, you'd want to do differently or are you happy with how it's gone going? Yeah, I'm happy. I mean, obviously, you've got six, seven, eight backroom staff members. Not everyone's going to agree on certain things and opinions are going to differ. But, I mean, overall, it's been hard work at times, I'm not going to lie, <laughs> which is every football club, especially one of our sides. It's, it's not always going to be uh, fun and games. But, I mean, overall, it's uh, 
it's it's well run and I think we get we do get things sorted between us all so that's that's the main thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like like you said, at the end of the day, it's 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 a massive club we've got with three teams and and all those people behind the scenes. Yeah, we've we've all got our roles and responsibilities, and it always seems to be be non-stop. But like I said, I I think you've taken to it sort of really well, and and it's almost like you've been there for for years now. It, obviously, this is your first full-time managerial role, if you like. Then, yeah. but is there any any differences that you've noticed, or you know, if, have you ever been at a club sort of the size that we are doing the doing things the way we do things, or is this all kind of completely new to you? No, it's completely new um, compared <laughs> to the team that I was at before. Um, I mean, the team that I was at before were, if you like, the same same level as our first team. So quality wise, within the Colts, slightly different, but. Enjoyed the fact that you got a lot to work with and improve on, um, and yeah, like I said, this this I think we've got ninety five players signed on at Wessex or something compared something like to that, yeah. compared to say twenty blokes I had to work with before. So it is it is massive, massive difference. Yeah, and you've got the likes of me, Hooper, and Trucci signed on in those numbers, mind so go steady. I couldn't think of three better players to uh, pick when available. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's kind of what brought you to Wessex then. Um, you know, and we've kind of touched on it a little bit, but as as a club, you know, now you, like you said, you followed us a little bit from the outside and, and now you're kind of in the mix. What, what are your thoughts of the, the club as a whole? You know, when you, you look at the players, the staff, you know, Arlene, you know, how have you found the club as a whole? Is it, is it been enjoyable so far? Yeah, loved every minute. Um, Lynn, brilliant. Couldn't fault the lady. She's an absolute star. Um, Jake works as, I don't know if I can swear on this, but... The family podcast, family podcast. Family podcast <laughs> works, works so hard to uh, keep everything running and keep every, everyone in the loop. Same with Gaff, yourself with the socials. People are always there to help. Um, if, say, you're unavailable due to work, there would be someone else. There's Everyone is so friendly and welcoming. I mean, yeah, like I said, I couldn't, couldn't think of a better club to be at right now in this moment of time. Yeah, I mean, imagine a social media person having to change a team sheet for the eight times and still have a smile on his face. <laughs> I think I asked you four times today. <laughs> I think it, it literally four times just today. But yeah. again, it, like, like you know, we, we we go back to to a club this size. You know, things change. You know, we, one of one of the bugbears of this club, and I'm, I'm I don't know if it's the first time we've ever had to to use it or be involved in it. But is is our team app availability on that can change literally by the minute, and it's it's something that we've always had to keep up on top of. You know, like today, you've given me a team sheet. Something's changed. You've given me another one. Something's changed. You've given me another one. Is is that again with the the T map? Is that something you've used before? Or is that something you're still getting your head around? Because it's it's a brilliant tool. Everything's on there, providing the players use it. Of course, this is a, a hint to everybody listening. But how have you found it? Is it is it something you find useful, or 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 would you prefer to go back to the old days of texting everybody and seeing what happens? No, I love it. I think it's a great app. Um... It's not one I've used before, so I did have to 
get used to it. I used to use uh, Spond, which I'm sure a lot of uh, clubs still yeah, it's use. Just, it's, it's a similar similar type of app, isn't it? I think? Yeah, similar app. Um, but yeah, this new one's fine. As you said, as long as players are answering and there's no doubt about it, every Wednesday evening or Wednesday morning, we're tagging players in the chats and saying, hurry up, answer it, or you're not going to be in and selected and same with training. But, I mean, when you've got so many players, things are going to get missed. Or, But on the whole, majority of the players, I think we only had to chase probably six or seven out of out of 90. So, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely getting better. I mean, you, obviously you weren't there last season, but you know, going back last season, season before, bless him, every couple of days, Matt was at in probably 20, 30 people in the chat. Um, and it was a, it was an absolute nightmare to, to try and sort out availability. But slowly, I mean, I think the app's been in, in, in and around the club for a good few years now, but slowly it, it seems like we're getting there. It, it's, it's, it's working out much better now than it has done before. So yeah. that's kind yeah. of, you know, that's that's kind of an introduction to John, an introduction to to your football. What brought you to Wessex? What you think of the club? Let's get down to the important stuff now. Yeah. On the pitch, the football side of it. Yeah. Um, brilliant start. We 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 opened up with a two-two draw against Bristol Wanderers, who were a new team. Again, I I refereed that game. Um. Didn't you get you? I think you went 2 0 down. We ended up drawing 2 2. Um, then a big win against Avermouth. Yeah, 3 1. Um, brilliant performance, brilliant result. Um, then things took a bit of a dip. So we had a, a, a big 5 0 loss to, to Safe Medu. Let's face it, looking at the league table already, we may as well just give them, give them the trophy. They're absolutely blowing tins out of the water. Contentious 2 1 loss to Hartcliffe. And then that 3-0 loss in the Cup on the weekend just gone. So you've had a pretty good start, a little bit of a dip. But all in all, I think everybody will agree, you have been playing some good football. So, you know, with those results in mind and everything that's it's been going on on the pitch, give us your thoughts. Are you, are you happy? What do you think of the start? How's it, how's it going? What are your thoughts on, on that footballing performance so far? Yeah, as I said, up and down. Um, that first game where we were 2-0 down at halftime uh, against Bristol Wanderers, who are a good team. I mean, their, Very pre-season, good their pre-season results, they were blowing teams out out the water in pre-season. It was always going to be a hard game to start with. And when we went 2-0 down, I was thinking, oh, what am I doing here? But, <laughs> yeah, because um, that was actually my second game as a manager for a because I only had ch- only had chance to get one preseason game in, I think. Yeah, didn't but, we really quickly organise you one like last minute, wasn't it? Yeah, I, 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 haven't, I haven't got that written down anywhere, but I knew yeah, there was one. From what I remember, we played Shaftesbury Crusade. Um, that was it. It was it wasn't friendly. like a specific side, wasn't it? It was like a Shaftesbury eleven. A bit of a yeah, mixture. it was. I think it's a bit of a mix between the Resis and A's potentially. Um. I mean, as a friend, I can't remember too much about it. It's more about giving people games and stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, and as I said, moved on to that Bristol Wanderers game, which I knew was going to be a tough one. 
but the battle the lad showed in that second half to get back into it and at the end of it could have even won it. Um and I'm pretty sure that was a game hoops could have won it in the last minute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, funny enough, I was wondering about that because he, he said something to Trutcher, I think, the other day about he had a chance to score and I was like, mate, that, that ball was <laughs> far too like ten years ago, I think ten years ago, had, more and, agile. And that, it would have been even then. It would have been a half chance, but yeah. you know, it, it was absolutely no way a man of his age was getting there. <laughs> but yeah, and then we moved on and played Avon Mouth, which I think probably our best performance yet. Um, that was the the good old three one win. That was wasn't that was, it? That was a very good good performance. That was uh, the lads were brilliant that day. Boiling, boiling hot. I think it's the hottest day of the year. It was absolutely scorching. I remember down um, at Lawrence Weston on the Astro Turf there. Yeah, it was a boiling hot day. But yeah, brilliant. It ne- never there. helps on that Astro, does it? A bit of heat. No. As soon as the heat hits that, it's just it's a horrible place to play. Yeah, your feet are on fire. And yeah, it's uh, no getting away, is there? But, Definitely not. Um, and then, like you said, when turn, things turn. Um, play South for me do yeah like you said they're, they're flying aren't they I think they've scored like 50 goals in about 5 games yeah, yeah they're 5 from 5 and I've, I think their plus their goal difference is already plus 30 odd I think yeah they're getting that there's a lot there's a lot of new teams in our league so you never know what to expect yeah um, 100% which in a good way is uh it's, it's a surprise element, but when you've got teams like Southmead, they're going to go straight up through the league. So I'd imagine they're going to end exactly. up in Division 2, 1, you know. So Yeah, and I mean, you, you, you tend to get you tend to get teams like that every year, especially down in the lower league. You, you will always get a team that is, you know, they've, they've been playing as FC United somewhere in, and they fold and reform as somewhere else. So, you know, a, a 5-0 loss against a team like that, you can half expect it, but sort of on the day, what, what were your thoughts? You, 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 sometimes you can lose a game, but you can think you've lost to a better team and that, that team's going to go places and your boys put up a good performance. You know, for you, was it was it more about how they reacted to that 5-0 loss? Or was yeah, it so just a case of, let's just write this off completely? So we had a strong team that day, to be fair. Um, I thought we had we had a good chance. Obviously, Southmead were flying from the start. But I, I really thought we had a good chance to go out there and give them a good game. Um, there was a lot of mistakes that day. Things just didn't go right for us from from the start. And yeah, just silly little error, errors, pass backs, not not making uh, the goalie, and yeah, just just one of them days really. But credit to self me, they 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 were a decent team. Yeah, they're definitely gonna, gonna gonna go on and do things this season. Um and then it was a, a, a narrow two one loss to Hartcliffe, which I, I wasn't at that game, but uh, I hear that the, the result didn't really reflect reflect the game too much. No, that that was the gutter of a game really. We we played very well that day. Um took the lead, one nil up, looked very comfortable, and then there was a very, very contentious decision where the linesman flagged and the referees just allowed it 
carry on. Um, I mean, he's in the middle of the pitch. He, but as a referee yourself, you know, decisions to be made. They've scored two quick fire goals, and we just couldn't couldn't break them down after that. But yeah, I mean, we should we should be beating beating them to be honest on that day. Yeah, uh, I must stress that's not a criticism of referees anywhere. No, but we do know that a club club officials do like to to wait. And I I, I often say to and I I said it on Saturday when I refereed you boys, and I think I even ignored our linesman. A couple of times because what I like to do is if I think a ball's going to go over, I'll already turn and look. Because so often, you know, you 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 turn and you look, and the the line is 20, 30 yards at the pitch, looking in the other direction. A ball gets played, they turn around and the flags up. So you know, I I quite often will just ignore those calls and I'll tell them that. But like you said, when those decisions are just given, it can turn a game, and and that's that's kind of what happened against Hartley, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, the lads were very comfortable. I mean, we should have pushed on really and kept scoring. Uh, so not fully, fully uh, to blame anyone but ourselves, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, like, like you said, it, it these things definitely happen. Um, and then obviously weekend just gone. Um, cup game against Bitten. Who, who I've got to say. We're we're a tidy tidy little team, and another sort of unfortunate unfortunate loss. But again, some some very good performances to take from our boys from that game. Yeah, like I said at the start of the game, the bit in a higher league, a division above us, it was always going to be a hard game. Um, I don't think the lads. Uh, how can I say they they didn't embarrass themselves by a long way, but that's the levels that we got to be pushing on. Hopefully, in the next couple of months, to be getting up to, and uh, if we're going to do anything this season, we need to be giving them more of a closer tie. Definitely, and I, I think from from my point of view, obviously, I've I've stepped back from the the management side this season, but you know, I I still, you know, obviously, still want to see the boys doing well, and I think especially especially in the two games I've refereed this season, Bristol Wanderers and, and Bitten, and, you know, especially against Bitten on the weekend, what I saw in moments was some very, very good football. Um, you know, we kind of, we, we took the ball down well, we found space, and we, we, made, we, we created some good chances to create opportunities, if you like. We then just didn't quite create those opportunities. I think that the biggest drawback, if you like, or the bit, the biggest thing that went wrong on Saturday was there tended to be a lot of rushing, and it was a lot of a lot of pass first, think later, and I think that's why we lost a lot of the ball. You know, being a new manager, and you know, trying to kind of change up the way that you play, how have you found it trying to kind of get that message across? You know, is is it just a case of Repetition and keeping that message going, and, and and kind of wanting the players to to play the way you're playing, or are you kind of relying on them to 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 do their thing? Do you know what I mean? And just kind of letting them play free freely. No, so I mean, footballing wise, I don't think we've come up against many better teams. Our two free touch football, short passing has uh, been brilliant. It, like you said, it's just that final third. We're just struggling at the moment, but. As a team, we've had a chat. We've identified what we need to improve on. 
and we're working on that in training. So all we do is keep keep working hard, keep improving, and uh, that that can only get better in my point of view. Definitely, like I said, saw some saw some real sprouts of some really good football on the weekend. So you know, hopefully that continues. And and talking of continuing, uh, and another new team on the weekend. We're you're hosting. No, we're away, aren't we? To away. to AC Moose, who are currently three wins from three. Another new team. Do you know much about them, or or are we just kind of going into it? And again, with all these other new teams, it's just a case of waiting and seeing what they're like. Yeah, same again. Really, don't know much about them. Um... As you said, new team. They started well, three wins. So it, it's going to be a hard game again. And we just got to go out there, keep keep working hard, keep playing how we're playing. And hopefully we can improve on getting some more goals this weekend. And I think once the goals start coming, there's we're going to be a hard team to stop. Agreed. So overall then, you know, we look at the league table, four points from 12. You've played arguably the best team in the league so far in Southmead. You've played another very good team in Bristol Wanderers already. Happy overall with the start, or 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 are you still still not quite there yet? Um, yeah, I'm happy. Um, Southmead, they're top. They're flying. Hart, I didn't realise, but Hartcliffe are actually second in the league. So they, they they're really must... yeah. No, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't clock that either. No. Um, and then as I said, Bristol Wanderers and Avermouth mid table. So. I think that's the sort of area we're going to be looking at around pushing at least mid-table, pushing on up, hopefully top top four. Um, there, like I said, there's a couple of teams in that league that are way above Division Four quality, so it's always going to be tough. But we'll, we'll keep doing what we're doing and uh, do the best that we can. Definitely. So, last, I mean, last little question... Around the Wessex side of, of the podcast, then yeah, you kind of just touched on it then. But you know, as as we go go on through the season, as you get to know your players better, are you kind of making targets for anybody? Or are you putting plans in place? Or you kind of still staying week by week as a Colts team, hoping for the best, seeing what happens? Or how are you kind of playing that? What's the word I'm looking for? That kind of that need for that Colts team to perform. Where are you placing that? What what's the plan? So personally, if we can make the top four, five, I think that's a pretty achievable target with what we have. Um, like and my main aim is to push at least three or four of these Colts up into the resis, and if not, even higher. There's some players done it last season, as Charlie Rogers. I mean, he's played a game for us this season. What player? So if he's the one to look out as the player, you should be looking at people like Charlie. And uh, yeah, definitely, definitely uh, trying to push on. So if I could get three or four players to step up out of the Colts, as much as I hate to say it, <laughs> I, I'm doing my job. And also, like I said, if I could get Dre um, and Dom and some of the other under-18s involved. Again, that's another target. Definitely. I, and I like that. I like, you know, it would be so easy for you as, as a coach manager just to say, you know, what happens, happens. But to, to have that ambition to 
to to to push push your team on is is one thing, but to actually look at the players and say, right, we you know we want to get you players playing at higher level and moving through the teams. I think that's a really good target to have, and you know I, I, it's it's nice to hear that, and hopefully the players will hear that and also think the same. You know, will we'll like the fact that you're saying that because they'll know that you've got their interest at heart. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, Wessex as a club have got big um, targets, and I mean, especially the first team, they're flying this season, and yeah, same, they've, they've same with the Rezies. Do you know what I mean? They've started really well, so I there's they should be really pushing for promotion, and if we can get Wessex up into the county league. Uh, as a target, um, I mean, they're certainly going to go on to bigger and better things. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's that's the dream. Ultimately, is it's a dream that we've all, you know, where they, I, you know, I, I may be wrong here, but I'm, I'm pretty certain Wessex have never been in the county before. You know, we're currently playing at the highest level we've ever played at. Yeah, and it it doesn't show. Do you know what I mean? And and you know, it, I think we've, especially this season, we've started so fantastically well. Trutchy's got the boys playing so really good football but like Trachi said you know it still doesn't feel like they've fully got going yet um, and I, I'd say the same for the reserves you know they've they've only played a handful of games so they really haven't kicked on yet and the same for the Colts I, I think I think you guys again have, have built a fantastic base to start from like like the other two teams and you know there's there's plenty more to come from all three sides I, I reckon yeah definitely and that's what I like about uh, the club really it's not ran as three teams it's ran as one club, one team, and uh, everyone works together to go out and get three points on a Saturday. Whatever team you're playing for, whether you're in a first-team player, standard, first-team quality, down in the Colts for a weekend, everyone works the same. And that's that's what I really do like about the club. Yeah, definitely. Fully agree. Fully agree. So that kind of brings us to the end of the, the Wessex questions. Um, yeah. sort of what, what we would normally do, and I don't know if you've you've gone back and listened to the back catalogue, but the, the last part of the, the, the episodes, what we tend to do is discuss, you know, members of Wessex, best players, favourite players at Wessex and a and a, a starting eleven, if you like. But as a as a new boy to the club, obviously we're not going to ask you to pick your best eleven for the season so far because we didn't want to see any favouritism. So uh, you'll be my number one, Ron. But mate, you haven't seen me play yet. <laughs> my my number one days are well behind me. As much as as much as I still get whispers every now and then to come and have a game, nobody wants to see that. So what we're going to do for you is we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit more about your football history, if you like. Not so much who you and you've played for, but what football you've watched and what football you've enjoyed growing up. So we're going to start with the obvious question. Um, yeah. We did it a little bit last week about who who everyone supports. Who do you follow? Are are you a, a local boy, or have you got a you like one of us glory hunters got a big Premier League team? I have. I am a bit of an armchair glory hunting Man United fan. Oh yes, I am. Oh yes, I like that. For um, some bizarre reason, I thought you had. I thought you were a Chelsea fan, but I'm so uh, glad you're not. No, I mean, glory days probably over now, by the looks of things. But you never know; might bounce back. Haven't been up how old you, how you start? You're thirty two, aren't you? Said yeah, yeah. So you're you're roughly the same sort of generation as me then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were the good days, weren't they? In our twenties and teens, but yeah, there yeah. we go. 
And then, I, just started, I started reminiscing then. I went all quiet. I know. I know. Yeah. So what, what's, what's, your, what's your early memory of Man United then? What 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 brought you to the to the United family? It's got to be that 99 travel season, I think. Um, oh, I remember man. I was actually on holiday. Um, come back and I think from like the entertainment night or whatever it was, wherever my parents took me. I just remember seeing it on the telly and uh, absolute scenes, wasn't it? Yeah. I, final madness. I'm, I'm the same as you. I, I was on holiday. I was actually in a little place called Calet. Cal- I can't say it properly. Cal- we'll call it Calella, but it's yeah. probably not said like that. It's about 20 minutes from Barcelona where the final was being played. And I was, okay. I was, I just turned 10. And yeah, it was absolute madness. It was, it, it, it was a, it was an amazing, amazing place to be, even at a ten-year-old, twenty minutes away from the stadium. It was just, it was a phenomenal feeling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then obviously from there, just growing up, lots of good memories and now bad ones, <laughs> and uh, hopefully we'll bounce back. But obviously, local Bristol, it's got to be the gas, best team in Bristol. So, oh yeah, I did know you were a bit of a gas head. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't really. I don't really follow either of them, so I'm not really. I did, you know, a lot of people get get their back up a bit about gas heads or or a city fan, but for me, they're they're both rubbish. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of banter, but yeah, I mean, I get down to the men whenever I can. We uh haven't got a game or some Tuesday or Wednesday nights, you know. But obviously, Wessex take priority right now, so obviously, obviously, number one club now. Number one, yeah. So going back then, obviously, you know, we 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 find that earlier you're you're always a bit of a, a ball winning midfielder, hard tackling midfielder. What I want to know now is I want to I want your favorite player. Yeah. I want your historical favorite player, that player that you modeled yourself on, that player you looked up to. Yeah. And then your your current favorite player and, and sort of I want to know whether they're the, the the same sorts of player that you are or whether you looked at different positions. Where where are your thoughts at? So all-time favourite is Mr. Netflix right now, David Beckham. What a player he was. Straight to the top. Straight to the top. Unreal player. Um, I mean, right foot, left foot. He had it all, didn't he? Goals, free kicks, work rate. Obviously started out on the right majority of his life but when he moved into midfield he is still one of the best at that as well so so why why Beckham then not why not a a Roy Keane or a Patrick Vieira you know the position you played was it just you like the glitz and the glamour the the winger but didn't have the legs for it I don't know again it might be the sort of the glory <laughs> thing but uh he was always everywhere wasn't he David Beckham he was the first sort of footballer that come Famous as the first, super, like, first superstar, wasn't he? Really? Yeah, he was. Yeah, and uh, I mean, he done it for Man United. He done it for England, didn't he? So he certainly did. Certainly did. And there, there, there was always talk of his him having phenomenal fitness lessons. And I'm, I'm hearing he could probably still do a job nowadays. So I reckon we should try and get hold of him and get him down to Wessex. Yeah, why not? Why not? He's local, isn't he? he ain't too far away. I think he has got he has got a place in in the southwest somewhere, hasn't well, he? His his boy went to school in Street. Did he? 
Yeah, so he went, wow. he went to Millfield, so he's always around. But why are we talking about Tony Adams then? Let's get Diva Beckham on the blower. Yeah. Right, I'll text him after the podcast. <laughs> get him signed on. Um, yeah. so, so that, that's your 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 favourite legendary player. Then, if you like, who yeah. are we looking at at the minute in the world of football? Who stands out for you? At the minute, you've got to be looking at Bellingham, aren't you? What player he is going to be? Oh, Twenty years old, absolutely definitely. running the show for Real Madrid, who's like the biggest club in the world. And that yeah, England he... game as well against Italy the other night just cruised it, didn't he? He's and going to be. You've got to remember he's he's only twenty, and he's yeah. like. He, it's almost like he's been around for 10, 15 years. He's just, he's he's everywhere. And yeah. it's it's all, everything you hear is good. You yeah. never hear anything bad about him. Uh, he's box to box and he's just all over the pitch. He's, what is he, six foot two for a 20 year old? He's massive. Oh, he's and, a big lad. Uh, yeah, he's just running through players like they're not even there. I, I do remember when he left, um, when he left Birmingham to go to Dortmund and, and Birmingham retired his number 22 when it, and he was only, what was he, only 17 at the time and yeah. everyone everyone laughed a bit but you look back now and that that gives Birmingham a bit of a permanent link to him as a, as a world-class player having a number retired in his name. Oh, 100%. You'd look at what they've done to start his career from Birmingham to Dortmund. I mean, that's a massive move for any young lad. Like that, their top quality team, Dortmund, and then to push on to Real Madrid, the biggest in the world. I mean, he's got it. He's got the world at his feet, and he right now. And he he just looks so unfazed by it, doesn't he? Like, yeah. He doesn't look like a twenty-year-old playing for Real Madrid in England. He just he just looks like a world-class midfielder. Yeah, I mean, he's in there with people like Modric, you know, and Cruz, like, and he's just show telling them or showing them that. He's he's the number one at Madrid now, and if you could do that to players like them too, you just yeah. I mean, he, he literally would have grown up watching those two play football, literally, yeah. you know. And he's he's there, bossing them in midfield. It's 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 been a phenomenal start to his career, you know. You you think if he if he plays like the modern day player goes on and plays now, he could be playing for another twenty years yet. Yeah, definitely, and. Uh... Hopefully pushes on and does it for England and we go on and actually win a trophy. Yeah, and, and maybe one day he uh, gets that dream move to Man United. Well, he couldn't have <laughs> Liverpool won it. He, he's, he's old mate for Man United to come in one day. That's what it is. Yeah, no one wants to go over to that side, do they? No, yeah. side. <laughs> no. Right, so that's favourite player, current and legend. Um, so, yeah, normally, like I said, with the Wessex Wessex podcast, we, 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 we like to pull out a, an, old, an old school sort of Wessex 11. You can't yep. do that, obviously, only being at the club for a couple of months. So what I want from you now is your all-time 11. But I'm going to put a caveat on it that I didn't put on it before. Go on. Before we pick your all-time 11, I yep. want to know, and this is a conversation that is had at Wessex yep. all the time, and I'm sorry to bring you into it, but it's got to be done sooner or later. And it does my nothing every time it comes up, but we've got to know. Ronaldo or Messi? That's, that's the hardest question in the world, isn't it? But, <laughs> I mean... Now, I, I must pre-warn you that yeah. when these lads listen to this podcast, 
it's going to go off because, <laughs> I mean, you see some in-depth and some some sort of hardcore conversations in that staff chat. You've not seen anything yet like a Wessex Wanderers, Ronaldo, Messi debate. <sighs> right. I'm... It's hard one, isn't it? Um, <laughs> so, going by... It's changed, I don't know. The last couple of years, Ronaldo is... Uh, Obviously, the way he's acting up and all that is sort of turned you as a Man United fan. You'd always say Ronaldo, best player ever. But obviously, he's changed his ways. They all had their falling out. Messi's just carried on being brilliant. Um, but just the way Ronaldo can carry a team all by himself and still be that sort of quality player and I've got to get Ronaldo he can literally carry a whole Man United team or whoever he goes to play for he could do it all by himself whereas I've not seen that from Messi he's always been wow. a 11 superstars that's, that's a big shape I, I get the whole picking one over the other but saying Messi or saying Ronaldo can carry a team but Messi can that's a big statement to make that John Not I've not seen Messi in a Rubbish Barcelona team, have you? Or true, very true. Or rubbish yeah. PSG team, or whereas you look at Ronaldo, what was it last season, season before? And he scored 25 goals for Man United in that team. You got yeah. what player? Yeah, true. And, uh, true. and I'm, I'm not saying I agree or disagree with you, John. I'm just saying that's. You've just chucked a massive cap amongst a lot of pigeons with that statement. I think. Well, I can't. I can't wait for the boys to hear this. Yeah, Ronaldo. <laughs> cool. So with that being said, then we're firmly in the Ronaldo camp. Yeah. We're going to go to your all-time eleven, but yeah. I'm going to put in two caveats that I didn't tell you about. Yeah. Because it makes it a little bit more interesting. Now knowing that you're a Man United fan, I want your all-time eleven with no Man United players, and also. No Ronaldo. So you can put Messi in there if you want. Yep. No Man United and no Ronaldo, which is good actually because Ronaldo's a Man United player. So works out all right. So all time 11, no Man United players. Go. What formation yep. are we playing to start off with? 4 3 3. 4 3 3. Not yep. sticking to the old school 4 4 2 then. It won us all those trophies. Nope. Times of advance wrong. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. So, starting with your goalkeeper, where are we going? We are going with Buffon. What's good goalie. choice. Good choice. I mean, what's he now? About 143 and he's only just retired. <laughs> and I, I think he could probably carry on if he wanted to. Yeah, probably. Definitely. Definitely come to Wessex and the Colts if he fancies it. <laughs> yeah, I reckon that'd be a, a shoot. Sign. I mean, the, the thing about Buffon is, I can I can remember being, I'm, I mean, I'm 34 now. I can remember playing football in school, you know, like when everyone, all the outfield players are running down the pitch going, Ronaldo, Beckham, blah, blah, blah. I obviously was always a keeper. Yeah. And in my head, I was always Schmeichel or Buffon, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and the fact that he's only just retired from playing top level, well, he was at Parma and Serie B, wasn't he? Yeah. But that's still a top level of football at the age of 43, 42, whatever he is. Yeah, that's I mean, I think that's a phenomenal stat. I think he went to Parma. Was that his first ever club? Yeah, so he, he started at Parma back in the, literally the early 90s, wasn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah, so he Might probably wanted to ages. end it off back there, which is fair enough. He could have. I mean, what a career! What a career he had. Yeah, I mean, he he won World Cups, and in he won everything. Like everything. God knows how many years at Juventus winning everything. Yeah, a couple of right. years at PSG, where he, I don't really think he played too much at PSG because obviously they had they had a couple of other keepers. Um, I think it was Chesney, wasn't it? I've checked Chesney actually Chesney. was keeping him on the bed, which is yeah. mental. Yeah. Then he, uh, I think he went back to Juve for a year or two, and then and then finished off at Parma. So you know, like you said, World Cups, European Cups, League titles, he won everything, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, there's obviously a lot, a lot of world class keepers, as you said, like Shamoku. Um, Casillas was one that I was close to picking, another brilliant goalie. But I just think yeah. for his long term, how he's been playing all his life at that level is just brilliant. Definitely can't can't argue with that. Can't argue with that at all. So right back, who who we chucking in there? My right back. Just just, just out of interest, me yeah. saying no Man United players has that changed any of your picks, or were there no Man United players anyway? I've got. If you take out Ronaldo, I've got two more. So Who if we they? say if we say Rio Ferdinand was a West Ham player, can I have him? <laughs> oh, oh, but oh, cheeky! No, no, you can't. <laughs> okay, not a problem. So I've based this team on my sort of era. Yeah, yeah, I, I like. I love. I I much prefer a, a legends team from from like the nineties and the noughties than. Yeah. All these players from the seventies that none of us really ever knew yeah, that well. Yeah, of course. Obviously, throwing Pele and Maradona and all that, but I never really saw them. So. Yeah, yeah. I based it on what I've seen. So right back, Danny Alves. Danny Alves. Yeah, what player up and down the pitch? Yeah. I mean, um, he's he's not in a very good position at the moment. But less said about that, the better. <laughs> yeah, but on the pitch, class. Um. I mean, again, how many trophies did he win with Barcelona? I I got a feeling. Isn't he officially the the most decorated player in the world with like thirty eight trophies? I'm sure that's a, a style or somewhere. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me one bit, mate. I don't know that for sure, but that would be a brilliant, brilliant achievement, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, great player. He 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 spent obviously a lot of his time even going back to Barcelona, but he spent a lot of his time at sort of in and around the top level and you know as as a right back I think he, he wasn't even at a place he went back to play in Brazil a couple of seasons ago and he, he pretty much played as a number 10 for the season I think yeah and he went like like growing up you had right backs that were right backs you know what I mean but he changed yeah. he changed it didn't he to that more of a winger um, yeah he, he was he was definitely one of the early early ones of that kind of type of player. You know, he's, he's not your, your Gary Neville or your Lillian Taram. He's, he's a more yeah. of a, a Trent, if you like. He's, yeah, like, he's like the he's like the origin for Trent and Kyle Walker and all the rest of it. Yeah, 100%. And uh, yeah, he changed it. Then he changed the sort of role, if you know what I mean. Totally agree. And yeah, great player. Like I said, less said about his, his current position, the better, but great, <laughs> great player for, for a long, long time. So that's your right back. We'll, we'll move on to your, your centre back. So we're going centre back. So are you going to pick two random ones or have you gone for a pairing? Um, I have got two random ones. Um, and they are both class. I did have Rio Ferdinand, but 
yeah. as I can't have a Man United player, he's gone. So <laughs> I have gone for Sergio Ramos and John Terry. Ramos, Absolute machines. Most horrible footballers, centre-backs you could think of, probably. I'll tell you but, what, that is that's a violent a violent defence so far, that is. Yeah. Um, I mean, John Terry has got to be one of the best footballing right back, uh, centre-backs there's been. His, he can pass the ball wherever he wants. And, uh, yeah, he's always dug deep, honey. I mean... My favourite part about him is that penalty against Man United in the Champions League final. But Oh, yeah, great penalty that one. Great penalty that. Right, right on the outside of the post, just how I like it. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, he was class, wasn't he, to be fair? Oh, yeah, yeah, legend. And I'm I just, I just going to jump ahead and assume you're not picking Wainbridge at left-back. No, not not the best of partnerships that would be with it. <laughs> no, I agree. Yeah, and then, and then Sergio Ramos, you know, he's... He's still playing now, and he's come back to Seville. Yeah, again, he's been at the top level with his life, hasn't he? Um, won silly amounts of trophies with Spain and Madrid, Real Madrid. Um, yeah, again, he's quality. I wish he, I wish he come to United when uh, there's a lot of talk about him because we needed him. Then. But yeah, I, I, you know, the the season he went to to PSG. So what would that be now? That would have been three seasons ago. Yeah. So he'd have, he'd have, he'd have been 30, 34, 35. Yeah. I'd, I'd have taken him. I mean, you look at Thiago Silva has gone to Chelsea at 36. Yeah, that's right. He's, you know, he's he's still an absolute machine. I, I certainly would have had Ramos going back two or three seasons. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, he's a winner. Um, absolute workhorse battling Centre back, and he's just yeah, he's just one of them pure centre backs that is going to win you the ball every single time. Yeah, and again, loves a loves a red card. He does love a red card. Yeah, loves a red card. <laughs> so that's your your centre half pairing of Sergio Ramos and John Terry, absolute yeah. mammoth centre half pairing that is. Left back, where are we going? Left back, Ashley Cole. Ashley Cole. I can't think of a better left. What left back I mean, he was. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it. When you said you're going to talk about your generation, yeah. Me only being two years older than you, yeah. I was expecting a a Cafu or a Roberto Carlos or you know someone of that ilk. But we've gone. We've got quite a modern, a very very good, but quite a modern back five there so far. Yeah. Um, Ashley Cole is just class. I mean, Ronaldo at his prime. I think Ashley Cole was probably the only player Ronaldo can skip by, and he always had a bad time against Ashley Cole. And yeah, I think I, 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 I don't know many wingers that didn't. To be honest, he always had the better of most players. I think. Yeah, I fully got on board with that. You, I, I, gem, I generally agree one hundred percent with what you just said. I think Ashley Cole was the only left back that ever kept Ronaldo quiet. I, re- I reckon it's the reason that he, he started playing on the left. Yeah. He just couldn't hack it against Ashley Cole. No. And uh, again, just one load, Stinney, with Chelsea, Arsenal. Um, he must have had 100 caps or up near 100 caps for England. Um, yeah, he must have yeah. been up there, definitely. Quality player I again. Mean, looking at that back, you know, that that defence and that goalkeeper, 
I'd hate to think the amount of trophies you've got in there so far. Yeah. And even yeah. the goals. Danny Alves loved the goal. Sergio Ramos loved the goal. John Terry got a few. You know, you're, you're looking at goals from all over the park so far. We haven't even got to midfield yet. Yeah. Yeah. What, what defence that is. It's hard, yeah, isn't it? Because there's so is. many. But There is. There is. But again, very good. And, you know, you, you talk about not having many not a players and, and having to leave Rio out. I don't think you'd get a better replacement than John Terry or Sergio Ramos. No. No. So, so that's your defence. So we'll yep. move on to your, your midfield. We go in, what are we doing? Are we doing sort of flat two three. holding, one attacking, or is it a, a flat, flat three? Flat three. Go on, start us off with your first one. Where, where are we going? Zidane. Zinedine oh, Zidane. That's Unreal. Like what that's a player. Like he, can, he could do whatever he wanted on the ball. He could turn, turn players inside out. I mean, that volley scored in the Champions League final, what a goal that was. Um yeah, he's he's just again another all round yeah. class midfielder. I got I got to admit it does it does make me sick sometimes when you 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 hear player you hear people talking about modern day midfield. I mean, don't get me wrong, the likes of Modric and Bellingham and Tony Cruz and all the rest of it, all brilliant players. But Zinedine Zidane, come on! Yeah, I mean, he is definitely one of the, and you can include like all the people back in history. Zidane, can't you? People that you haven't seen as much before, he's still right up there as uh, one of the best. I I once watched, and I can't remember when it was, it must have been fairly recently, I watched a YouTube video of Zinedine Zidane, Yeah, and it was just of him trapping the ball. No passing, no, sh- yeah. no shooting, no goals. It was just people passing him the ball, and the way that he trapped the ball and brought the ball down. It was just like five minutes of him doing that and it was mesmerising. Oh, no, he's, he was he was some player of mine. And, uh, yeah, not many get near him, was there? I'm, and I'm I mean... i I think. And the way he uh, finished his career, mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think if I was having this conversation with Matarazzi, I don't think he'd be putting Zidane in there, but... <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean... Bit of a sour end to his career, but I mean, when you, you look at his career, he, he single-handedly won that World Cup '98. You know, he won the Euros two years later with France. He won. Yeah. I couldn't tell you what with Real Madrid. Even as a manager, he's you know he's he's won three Champions Leagues as a manager. He, he's just just an all-round legend of the game. Yeah, just a winner again. Um, yeah, quality, quality, and he just not much better to be honest. Now, I, I. I'd, I'd hate. I'd hasten to say we should have kept him till last because it surely it can't get any better than that. So who are we put next to him? Perlo. Andreas yeah. Perlo. Yeah, again, fantastic player. I thought he was unreal. He could um, again won. How how much did he win? He played again until his late thirties, I think. Um, yeah. I mean, and I think one one of the best things about that was AC Milan let him go because they said he was getting too old, yeah. and then he went to Juventus for another yeah. five six years and won everything and won everything again. Um, won things with country, and then yeah, it's just another winner. I have replaced him with Beckham, but <laughs> oh, that was your other Man United player, was it? That was my other Man United player. 
Bex was in there. Yeah, so I mean, him out. I thought he was yeah, class during my time. I think, I think the 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 latter the latter stages of Beckham's career when he was playing in the middle. Yeah, he was definitely a good player, but I, I still think Beckham's best best days were his early days out on the right. Yeah, yeah, when he was getting top top three in the Ballon d'Or, two seasons running, one in, just winning things again. Phenomenal. So Zidane, Perlo, I mean, whoever you put in there now is going to have an easy day with those two beside him. But fill us in, final final centre midfielder. Final centre midfielder is. And this settles the uh, Lampard, Scholes and Gerrard debate, I think, which is another massive well, question, isn't it? Obviously, it would have been Scholes, but because you can't have him, he's not a player. <laughs> Gerrard. Gerrard. Go for Gerrard. Yeah. Gerrard was in there well, anyway. Then, tell us why. Why Gerrard? Again, he's he carried the Liverpool team by himself, didn't he? That Champions League final where they're 3-0 down. Without Gerrard, that would have ended 6-7, 8-0. But I mean, he's class when he box to box. He can defend. He can attack, and uh, he could just literally grab a game by the horns so, all by himself. And so, are you taking him over over skulls as well? Then, yeah, I think so. It's hard one as a Man United fan saying the Liverpool players sort of sacrilege. That is that is absolute know, shocker. No. But then you, they all bring different qualities, don't they? I mean, look at Lampard. He scored 20 goals a season for how how many years? Um, Scholes is just unreal ball player. Like, he was the best at what he done. But I think Gerard done it all, to be honest. He could do what Scholes and Lampard done. And I think that was probably just the difference between them three. Well, I've got to take back most of what I said tonight, John, because clearly you know nothing about football. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we digress. Zidane, Perlo and Gerard. I mean, yeah. that's a that's a fantastic centre midfield. Um, again, you've got a load of goals in there, you've got a load of a load of skills, a load of the passing ability in there is I don't think I, that midfield three is gonna have a hundred percent completion rate every game, aren't they, surely? Oh, you would have hoped so. Few trophies throughout the season as well, I'd imagine. I'll tell you what, after, after this podcast, I'm going to go through and I'm going to figure out how many trophies all these players have won and I'm going to add it up and I'll let that you know. Great shout. So great far, measure. so far, I don't think we've got a trophy cabinet big enough for all these. So let's mm. move on then. Final three. We'll start, start with your right winger. Right winger, obviously, was Ronaldo, but can't have him. So. I'm going to go, and this is a new one, but I think this kid is going to be unreal throughout many, many years to come. And I'm going to go for Mbappe. Mbappe? Yeah, I reckon. Right, he... up, right up to modern days. So you think he's going yeah. to be up there with uh, in the Ronaldo-Messi type? type 100%. He's, he is some player. He is, um, I mean, what's he, PSG's top scorer all time already? And I think he's France's yeah, already. Man. PSG, PSG yeah, they ain't got much history, obviously. But I'm pretty <laughs> sure he's France's top scorer of all time. Um, yeah, he's, he, I know he's their cap. I, I have, I'm not up, not up to date with their scoring records, but I know he's been made their captain already. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, he's going to move to Real Madrid, isn't he, next year? You would have thought. 
he's, he's signed from about 18 times already, and he? he just keeps changing his mind. Yeah, money in it, as they all are. But yeah, def- definitely, but, yeah, definitely I think a player he's... that's going to be up there with, with one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, I mean, you can look back in during when we were growing up, you had like Rivaldo. I mean, what player, Ronaldinho? I think he's more left, but. Oh, um, players. You're talking about some absolute legends. Oh, there, yeah, some greats. Oh, what a player. Um, but yeah, I got Mbappe on right, Mbappe just on because right. I couldn't have Ronaldo. <laughs> cool. That takes over to the left hand side. Then who have we got? Uh, whipping the balls in from the left. Seeing that, obviously, can't get much better. Yeah, simple one, really. Yeah, I, um, I think if we were to do this, if we were to do this, uh, this this question every week, I think Messi gets into most teams. To be fair, he's, I think he's in everyone's. Um, but yeah, just one of the greats, isn't he, of all time. Yeah, and it, he, although he's gone out to the MLS, you look at what he's doing it um, into Miami. You know, they were losing week in week out, and then they they've signed. Well, they've they've pretty much signed the the two thousand in ten Barcelona squad, a lot of them. But you know, he's gone out there and he's he's pretty much dragging that team into uh into contention in the MLS, I think, at the moment. Yeah, again, um he's always been in a good team, hasn't he? Messi, but the amount of goals, trophies, and then to sop it off, he's he's gone on and uh done it with Argentina now and he won the big big one. But I mean, yeah, Ballon d'Or, what's he won eight eight times, is he? Well, he's he's on seven, I believe. Yeah. But the early indication is he is he's tipped to win this year is to make it eight, I believe. Yeah, just a class player. Um, yeah, I, I but like I said, I would have liked to see him in a not-so-great team just to see if he could carry on, but... I mean, Doing it on a cold, rainy night in Stoke. That's right, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which we've seen Ronaldo do lose at times. We have, we have, because he's the best, better than Messi. <laughs> he's up there, definitely. So let's finish it off then. Centre forward. You know, there's there's a lot of talent there, creating a lot of chances. Who's your man putting them away? Now I remember a long time ago. I think it was 2003, Real Madrid oh, we Man United. I like, I like where you're going. At Old Trafford and Fat Ronaldo, absolutely. Fat Ronaldo scored that hat trick, didn't he? In the in the black kit. Yeah, and yeah, from that moment, he was my all time favourite. Yeah, I know he's got stuff that night, but I can just picture Bartes in that in that silver goalkeeper kit, just sat on the floor with his head in his hands. Yeah, that's yeah. Tell you what, that day as well, Beckham come off the bench and got us back in that. Yeah, he um, scored. Did he? He scored two or three, didn't it? He, did, he, he did. Yeah, I think he got a couple. That was there. that was after the infamous cut to the eye. That's right. Alex Ferguson kicking the boot, wasn't it? So he was he was in the bad books, and it was yeah, he was on he one. Went to Real Madrid that summer, didn't he? But he he came on and kind of proved a bit of a point, didn't he? Yeah, but what player Ronaldo was? I mean, again, everywhere he went, wherever is it? Is it Barcelona for bet? He played for both, didn't he? Barcelona and Real Madrid. Yeah, he had a season um, at Barca early in, in, it, uh, which is always a, a strange one. You know, he, he went to Barcelona as a youngster and then I think he, only, he scored a hat full of goals and only spent a season there. Yeah, yeah. And but also, again, 
you know, he he did did his crucial ligament twice before he even got to Real Madrid. You know, he he did it twice as, as a youngster and still went on to have a phenomenal career. Yeah, again won the World Cup with Brazil. Um, yeah, he's just uh, one of the best finishers of all time. It what he'd done. As a striker, that's what you want in it. Goals, and that's what he's full of. Yeah, and I, I think the only the only drawback with him was, you know, obviously aside from the injuries, he had a fantastic career, but it was curtailed by injury. But he was also a bit of a party boy. You know, there was the stories of him going out late at night drinking and meeting up with some, some not-so-favourable people. And his career kind of took a bit of a nosedive. And you kind of think without the injuries and with a bit of a better head on his shoulders, you know, we could be talking about one of the best ever, ever, let alone just one of the best finishers. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, but at what he'd done in his time, I think he was the best. And as you just said, he would have been probably the all-time, all-time best if uh, he was controlled in the right way. But... I mean, a lot of players have done that, haven't they? And gone off the rails or um, done bad things. But there, there, there's some quality players out there still. And that that all-time eleven was hard to pick. But I mean, have a look after Ron if you got time and see how many trophies they all won. Yeah, I'm definitely going to um, triple figures I'm for sure. Going to have a look at that. I mean. He's, I'm, I'm off the top of my head. I'm, I'm almost certain Danny Alves is, is renowned as the best or the most decorated player ever with 38 trophies. I'm, I'm almost certain I've seen that as a stat. So I think you're easily over, well over 100 trophies there between that lot, probably pushing 200. Yeah. But yeah, I'll have a look at that. But let's just run through that team again. So we've got Gigi Buffon in goal, yeah. Danny Alves at right back, centre half pairing of Ramos and Terry. Left back Ashley Cole. Yeah. Midfield three Zidane, Perlo, and Gerard. Yeah. And then we've got Messi and Mbappe out, out wide and Fat Ronaldo up front. Our line, Ronaldo. I mean, I think that's going to be up there with with any all time eleven. If I'm being honest, you know, I don't think, you know, there are when you said you were going to go back to a bit of an earlier generation, I was expecting a few older ones, but even still, that's that's an hell of a squad that. Yeah, I mean, football's changing all the time, isn't it? So that's the hard thing. Um, you got players nowadays, it's totally different to what it was even five, ten years ago. So, I mean, it's all, you can't compare some players to other players just on time frame. But these players will stand out from generations. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got a distinct feeling that if you were to put that team out, now they'd still be winning you games even with the modern type of football. Uh yeah, definite, definite. I mean, imagine Fat Ronaldo not having to run. That'd be ideal for him. Just leave him in the box. Yeah, leave him in the box. Look at Haaland now. What's he do? Just score goals. Yeah. That's all he does. And that's all you want from your striker, really. Exactly. That's what they're on the pitch for. Nowadays. Brilliant. Well, love that, mate. So that pretty much rounds us up. Um yeah. but just before we finish, I'm gonna Going to go back to some some questions we did last week just to finish us off. Um, so what I got from from the boys last week was some predictions. So we've got a title yeah. prediction and the relegation prediction. So we had last week 
Hooper, Trucci and myself have all pretty much said, let's be honest, as much as we eat it, Man City are, are pretty much nailed on. And then we had young Jake with a shocking, shocking prediction of Spurs. Did so, uh, where do you stand with that? We got As it stands, we've got Spurs and Arsenal. Joint, I mean, obviously, we've only played eight games, so we can't read too much into it. But Spurs and Arsenal, joint top with 20 points. Man City on 18, Liverpool on 17, and then some other dross sort of behind them. So where where, where are you looking? Are, are you in agreement with, with Man City or, or have you got an outside pick? Do you know what, this season, just because I think Man City probably weakened during the summer with who they lost, some of their top players, um, I don't think they improved. And they did lose players, but you know, they brought in Kovacic, they brought in that Jeffrey Duku. Yeah, but and I just they, don't they, think they did, sign some, they did sign some players, they did. But I mean, Gundogan, what a player he is, he's gone. Um, he, he's a big, big loss for them, I think, more than some realize. And I think Arsenal have improved massively. If they can get a striker, that 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 can. Definitely win. I reckon, I reckon Arsenal might push on this season. Arsenal. So, oh, yeah. so Arsenal that last season were top for 34 rounds of the 38 games, whatever it was, and, and yeah, completely bottled it at the end of the season. You think they're going to go one better this season and, and hold off that, that Man City machine? As much as I hate to say it, because I hate Arsenal as much as I do City and Liverpool, yeah. But, I mean, I'd love to put Man United up there, but I don't think we even make top five, to be honest. Well, I mean, if we're going to talk about Man United, we may as well move on to the other end of the table. Yeah. The other prediction we got uh, was from... I don't want to say that. My laptop's just frozen, so I've lost... I oh, know, I've got about now. So the other prediction we got was who we think are going to go down. So uh, as it stands, again, only eight games played, so a lot of football to play. We've got Sheffield United at the bottom with one point, Bournemouth 19th with three, Burnley are 18th with four, Luton with four, Everton with seven, Brentford with seven, and then we got Wolves in 14th with eight points. Right, the general consensus was Sheffield United in, and Luton. Yeah. Uh, Burnley and Everton were also had shout. Bournemouth had a shout. Wolves had a shout. So out of those kind of five or six teams, if you like, who are the three for you that are standing out to go down or, or is, is there any dark horses that you think might be dragged into it? Like a Man United, for example, only 12 points on the board at the moment. Um, I think Sheffield United and Luton are pretty certain to uh, go back down, aren't they? I don't think they're Premier League level at all. And... Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that's that's the general consensus, is it'll be those two and one other. Yeah, I mean, Sheffield United, they're up and down like a yo-yo, aren't they? Sure, they're just yeah. in it for the uh, money. Parachute payment. But, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think it's going to be close out of Bournemouth and Wolves. Bournemouth and I mean, Wolves. They've just been doing nothing for years, have they? Really, both of them teams. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, Wolves have kind of they 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 seem to establish themselves really well as a as a Premier League team, and they kind of had that weird Portuguese connection. Yeah. Which was always a bit weird, but it, it seems, you know, Julian Lopetegui walked out just before the season. They got Gary O'Neill in. There seems to be money problems. 
So yeah, they they could they could come come a cropper this season. Yeah, I'll probably out of the two, I reckon probably Bournemouth Wolves would just scrape it, but yeah, I think Burnley will Burnley would be all right. They've got a lot of experience and their manager and. I can imagine if they're struggling, he can get in pretty much who he wants to help them. Yeah, when, you, when you've got you've got a manager like Vincent Company who had you know such an amazing career at, at the level we had it, you'd like to think that he, he can pull a few strings when needed. Yeah, yeah, and well, Everton they've got plenty of money, haven't they? The, they'll, uh... Yeah, and and new owners coming in. Uh, Everton new were actually stadium. Yeah, they were actually my one of my picks to go down along with. Sheffield United Luton just because I'm bored of them scraping by. They they seem to kind of get out of it within the last couple of weeks for the last couple of seasons. And you know, you kind of think it's going to have a season in the championship and rebuild. Yeah, strange one with Everton though, isn't it? Because they've always been the other end of the table, really. Um I I mean they've got a brand new stadium being built. Yeah, new owners coming in with so yeah, say with a shed load of money. Yeah, and I think I think Trutchy yeah. Trutchy mentioned it as well. You know, you look at you look at Everton and in the rivalry they've got with Liverpool. You know, losing that. You know, if you lose Wolves, you know, there's probably three or four other Midlands derbies. You know, Luton. There's there's loads of London derbies. They're not really even spoken about in terms of London yeah. derbies. But that 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 kind of that Sky derby, that Liverpool Everton game. You know, that would be a massive loss for the Premier League, wouldn't it? Really. Yeah, definitely. And it's a bit like back in the days when. You had United and City, and City were always a rubbish team, weren't they? And you always used to class Liverpool as a big local derby then, and I think it's probably going to sort of change in that sort of way again with Liverpool. They'll be looking at other teams closer, like Man United, and having that as their biggest game rather than the actual local derby. takes a bit of shine off when they're not not know any. For me, I always seen seen the Leeds game as, as our our big one. So um, it was a uh, you know when Leeds went and didn't come back for a for a long time, it it was a, a massive shame. So yeah, yeah, losing yes. a derby like that definitely definitely does does go badly on the league. I think. Yeah, yeah, it does lose a game, but yeah, I'll go, I'll go for um Bournemouth, Luton, Bournemouth, and Sheffield United. Cool. So just to confirm then, John's title prediction, Arsenal, Arsenal. And his relegation prediction, Sheffield United, Luton and Bournemouth. Happy with that? Yeah, happy days. Brilliant. Well, what's that? About an hour and a half, just under an hour and a half. I think that rounds us up lovely. Um, anything you want to say, mate, just before we finish off or are you happy? Yeah, all good. Um, hopefully we push on this weekend, get a good win. Um, same with the first and reserves. And over the next coming months, I'm hoping we push up that league at the West well, by, by the time by the time this one goes out, we would have already have played uh, AC Moose. So uh, here's to uh, three big points, and obviously good luck to the the reserves in the first team. And that just about does it. Thank you as always to our sponsor Continuum, as mentioned at the start of the start of the podcast, and also a shout out to our. Our two other sponsors this season, Auto Sheen Valentin and Adam James Photography, both on Insta and Facebook. Go and look them up. But yeah, thank you, John. Been a pleasure. That's home, Ron. Thank you. And listeners, we'll uh, see you again soon with another another episode of the Wessex Wanderers podcast. At the Wessex. Cheers. <laughs>